How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Weekends were made for sports. Now do the robot voice. I want to hear it again. Meet more sharp robot. That's a terrible robot voice. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. Everyone, meet freelance alien bounty hunter, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp? The football guy? Yeah, I hunt aliens now. Used to catch TDs, now I catch ETs. You ever caught an alien, Shannon? Not yet, Mr. Question, but I'll let you know when I do. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. Where are the turtles? Where are the turtles? Come on, guys, get out of here. Where are the turtles? And Rashad Taylor. Nobody calls me Lebowski. You got the wrong guy. I'm the dude, man. On 1080 The Fan. Power 2 of 2 here on Sports Sunday. Mike Rashad Joe with you till 11 o'clock. NFL draft in the books. Was there, I'll just jump right into it because we were supposed to start last segment and we didn't. Was there a pick or two that you were just like, yes, perfect pick. I love it. Oh, for me personally, no. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not crazy about, as a Patriots fan, I'm not crazy about Mac Jones. I kind of figured they would go there. I figured he'd be available mm-hmm. at that point. Um, you know, the, the Brady comparisons are there just simply because of the body that Mac Jones has with a belly. Yeah. Considering the, considering the body that Brady had, you know, coming into uh, some of their measurables are the same, you know, and Mac Jones playing for uh, Nick Saban playing for Bill Belichick probably won't be much different for him. So I think that transition will be a little easier um, for him. I'm but, definitely um, concerned about that pick. Yeah. I don't think I, Mac I think Jones it's, it's going to be weird, but I think give Mac Jones, uh, the fact that he doesn't have to start immediately, I think is important. Um, the fact that he'll have, Cam, because say what you want to, but Cam Newton is a great leader. Like, I mean, say like he's his teammates love Cam and they love playing with them and they love being at OTAs with them. Like uh, Kendrick Bourne from here in Portland uh, now plays for the Patriots and uh, got a chance to talk to his brother a little bit. And he was saying how excited that he was to really be around Cam Newton. The team has really wants to be kind of around this. So I think he'll be able to kind of come in and just learn 
for a little bit. Josh McDaniels, great teacher. You know, obviously uh, Bill Belichick, um, one of the greatest minds, if not the greatest mind in the National Football League's history. And and then being able to play with somebody who brings that energy that Cam does, you know, as a as a leader, I think is going to be good for him. We'll see if he'll be able. It'll be able to equate to some wins. But I'm kind of looking at Mac Jones the way I looked at um, Garoppolo. You know, when Garoppolo came in for those when Brady was suspended for four games and uh, I think three of those four games, he was great. He ended up getting hurt in the third one, but mm-hmm. for two of those games, he was amazing. And just being able to learn for a little bit is important. So and now he sucks. And now he's now he's. Terrible, you know, but also to his credit, he was hurt for most of his year. And so we'll see kind of what things look like for Garoppolo. Because I don't think he's terrible. I don't think he's terrible. The 49ers I'm saying that a little the, extreme. Yeah. He's, he's certainly a, a very average to mediocre quarterback. Yeah, I, I, I think that's fine. But sometimes average can get better. You know, and I, I think we've seen a lot of guys go from Drew Brees wasn't a world beater when he first, you know, was with the Chargers. And then he became this this juggernaut, this offensive juggernaut. Now, mind you, he was good when he was with the Chargers, but Drew Brees wasn't like blowing anybody's socks off. And so then he, he evolved into this great quarterback. I think people can do that, but we'll wait and see. But other than that, like uh, I was, I was really happy for Chicago. Like, I don't know why, but there's something, Well, I mean, you love Justin Fields. So I don't love Justin Fields, but however, I think, I think he's good. Yeah. But, and I look at Chicago and how terrible of a go they've kind of had, you know, and, you know, thinking Mitch Trubisky or Mitchell was going to be the guy. And he's just, He's now now that's a, a bad quarterback. That's a bad quarterback. That's a bad quarterback right there. We've seen enough from Mitchell Trubisky to know that he's bad. We'll see something from Garoppolo every now and then. It's like, huh, that was good. That was a, that was a that was a good play. You know, it was a way to move your feet, something like that. We don't say that very often with Mitchell Trubisky. But I look at Chicago and I'm like they've been waiting for a guy at that position that might be able to take them to the next level. Their defense is already pretty good, so they just needed to put something around that offense and you know some start somewhere. I think that's a good start for them. Uh, but I don't know. I think I like Devontae Smith to the uh, to Philadelphia. I don't know. There's a couple uh, picks in there. Penn, I, I'm mad Penn Sewell went to, went to Detroit. Well, I was going to say that, I get it. that for me is my the first pick that stuck stuck out to me, stood out to me, was Penn Sewell going to the Lions. I think that's great for them. Uh, it's just Detroit, and I, I feel like they're going to be bad for a minute. So You're worried because only, yeah. Joey went to Detroit. Yeah, it's just, it's just one of those things. Like, when anybody goes to Detroit, you know, it's, yeah. just, it's almost like a black hole. That was my first thought. I was like, oh, another Oregon great going to Detroit. <laughs> pray pray for our guy. I guess uh, I guess uh, at the in the program yesterday on TV, um, oh, my God. What's Penny Sewell's brother's name? Noah? Noah Sewell. Thank you. He was being interviewed, and he said that Penny Sewell grew up a Lions fan. So... <laughs> Yeah, well, good for him then. That's a thing. You grow really up know. as one of those. I guess he said that he rooted for the Lions for a while. So man, he must he, have played some video game Barry Sanders in it, kilt with Barry Sanders, <laughs> and that became that's how I became a Patriots fan. Like I mean, it's just he, one of those things. He's younger, so maybe it was uh, Calvin Johnson. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's one. Yeah, just like one of those guys. Maybe even he definitely did Stafford. not play a, a video game with Barry Sanders in it. <laughs> I mean, he might have played. You know, old, a man who has the old school guys. You know, might have played that. And yeah. Like, oh, I love love Detroit now. Uh, just to be a just to be a homer, um, as the Cowboys had an absolutely atrocious defense last year, spending their first six picks all on defense. I saw that. Well, the Smart fact move. So the reason I like Sewell, and I was going to br- actually bring up the Cowboys' first pick too, is Sewell considered you know gener- potentially generational offensive lineman, right? And you had two teams ahead of the Lions and the Bengals and Dolphins who, who need linemen. Well, they chose receivers for their quarterbacks instead of linemen for their quarterbacks. So the Lions had Penny Sewell fall on their lap. 
And, you know, we can make fun of Dan Campbell because Dan Campbell likes to bite some kneecaps off, the new head coach of the Lions. But he's very much, based on some videos I saw from there, is they were going after guys with personalities that match Dan Campbell, which is insane people. And I think Penny Sewell has a bit of that edge to him that uh, I saw the phone call with him and they were like, we want to see that same killer instinct you had at Oregon, that same that same kind of violent streak that you had. That's kind of what they're looking for. So I think they're, they're going to be really happy with that pick. I was going to bring up Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons was being considered a Patrick Willis style linebacker. I like I love that pick for you guys. He is not a great guy in coverage, but he's good at run stopping and blitzing. And if he's going to be a Patrick Willis style thing, a guy, and if you can get him at, what did you guys get him at 12? Yeah. And you, uh, I mean, you got a guy who's potentially, he's being compared to a hall of fame linebacker at 12 who could have gone in the top 10. That's fantastic. Yeah. I was very happy with that pick for you guys. Yeah. And what I like about it is that, and I don't know about you guys, how you feel about this. When a player gets drafted by a team that he wants to go to, I think that they usually have a little bit more motivation and like, uh, yeah. I want to make this work because this is where I wanted to be. And now I want to prove myself even more. And hopefully by him being a hopefully potential all-star linebacker that that will light a fire under the already linebackers that are there that have been playing terrible the last couple of years, Jalen Smith and Leighton Vander Esch. So, well, Vander Esch can't stay healthy, right? Yeah, that's He's his, that's his bigger problem. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and, and here's the cool part, Joe. Is there anyone like I mean, we people hate on the Cowboys and we talk bad about the Cowboys, but if drafted, is there anybody that'd be mad about playing for the Cowboys? No, I as don't bad think so. as like seriously, as bad as they were Iconic last franchise. year. Or, yeah, exactly. As bad as they were last year, or you know, whenever Great stadium like. If you get drafted, no matter where you're from, no matter what team you grew up loving, if the Dallas Cowboys draft you, you are excited. It's definitely one of those, like, if you get drafted by like the Lakers, the, Lakers, the, Knicks, the Yankees, like, Unfortunately, like the Knicks, that. the Yankees, like, there's some teams like, holy hell, I'm I'm going to New York. Like, yeah. I'm going to, like, you know, I think the Cowboys are one of those teams. So I don't think it's hard to be, you know, to kind of want to play hard for the star. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, he, he, um, gosh, I'm always forgetting his last name. I want to say it's Spencer, Micah um, Parsons. Parsons. Yeah. For some reason that's been killing me the last few days, but he had a tweet a few months ago saying that he wanted to stay in the blue and white. And so that's just having a guy that actually wants to be there and help the team that, that got me pretty giddy. I was also pretty happy for Justin Herbert. Uh, the chargers took Rashawn Slater, the tackle from Northwestern, who some people said was better than Penny Sewell. And he dropped to 13. So the Chargers just sat there. They didn't do anything. They didn't trade up, and they got one of the guys they needed and wanted uh, to help protect Justin Herbert a little bit more. So I thought that was really, really good. And uh, the other one that I liked a lot was the Steelers getting Najee Harris, the running back from Alabama, in the first round. I know it's kind of taboo to take running backs in the first round these days. You know, the running back position has changed so much. There's so many running backs by committees, and there's no true star running back anymore. But uh, James Conner is no longer in Pittsburgh, if you didn't know that. He's now with the Cardinals. And they didn't really have a running back at all. No, it was bad. And with Big Ben in likely his final season, and we saw Big Ben is not exactly the same quarterback anymore. He throws a little bit more interceptions, doesn't have the same arm strength he used to have. Running the football is going to be important for them. And bringing a guy who can be a workhouse back, workhorse back for you and Najee Harris, I like that pick a lot. No, I thought the Najee Harris pick was was huge, huge for Pittsburgh because, like you said, their run game, uh, James Conner a couple of years ago uh, was good, you know, taking over uh, the running back spot. But, you know, I think teams kind of figured it out and injuries happen and stuff like that and just not the same. So they really needed some firepower, you know, in the backfield. And 
hopefully Najee Harris, because he saw it. Alabama, the one thing they will produce, we talked about quarterbacks, the one thing they will produce is solid running backs. Mm. That's the and, and we they know that's solid sure. everything else. Yeah, yeah. they're solid <laughs> everything else. Quarterbacks are, you know, are maybe a little little shoddy, but we know Just offensive linemen. Richardson. Yeah, we'll 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 you know Just forget that he's Trent who? Trent who? Huh? <laughs> yeah. Played where? No, Gary what, what Heisman, you know, but so there are certain guys that uh, are definitely going to be an upgrade for you. I think Najee Harris is one of those. So speaking of running backs, and I brought this up during the break, I have audio from the draft because it seemed like ESPN did a good job of staying away from the, oh, this player just got drafted. Here's a tragic backstory before we talk yeah. about anything football. Related. Oh God, that was, wasn't that last year? It was like, it, it felt was, like yeah. every other player had, a family member dead with cancer and yeah. all that kind of stuff. It was, it was last year. So I felt like they stayed away from that in like the first couple of rounds. But yesterday at work, I was catching the later rounds and, you know, just sitting there eating my lunch, listening in. And Reese Davis, Khalil Herbert, uh, Virginia Tech running back, he gets drafted by the Bears. And Reese Davis was on the call commentating for the later rounds. Okay. And he had one of the most ridiculous backstories for Khalil Herbert that I ever heard in a okay. draft in my life. Go for it. Goes in the sixth round to Chicago, running back from Virginia Tech, who started his career at Kansas. Now, Khalil was born with extra fingers and an extra toe. His left foot still has six toes on it. I, I bring this up, you know, it hasn't hampered him at all, but when he was at Kansas, he shared the backfield with Kuka Williams, who had a lawnmower accident early in his life and didn't have any toes on his right foot. That's what? Just an unusual thing, but what? What? <laughs> Khalil <laughs> Herbert. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Hold on. He starts by talking about this kid having extra fingers and toes, and then completely changes to a different player. No, no, no. no. He, he. I don't know if you no caught toes. it. He said that he was, he was originally teammates. at Kansas. Yeah. And shared the backfield with, with a, a player that, had, that no had no toes on his right foot right, because right, right. of a lawnmower That's what accident. I'm saying. He completely just decides to go to a different play. <laughs> well, I think it was just, uh, oh, yeah. Fantastic. I mean, there's hours of, of coverage, you know, to fill. Like, so I can imagine you say some dumb things in between there. I mean, it's not dumb. It's just, it's funny. It's dumb. <laughs> it's dumb. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a nugget. I mean, it's good to know that he doesn't, you know, that he has extra fingers and extra toes. Well, just like, <laughs> my coworker was like, extra, sure fi- extra fingers, is he uh, better at catching the ball than other running backs? Yeah, I think you would think of extra extra toes, he's probably faster. <laughs> is that legal? To have six fingers oh. and catch football? Why not? I'm, I'm, I'm asking not, the I'm question. Not, I'm not cheating. Queen Griffin is just you know looking over at him like, you son of yeah. a bitch. <laughs> like, I'm not cheating or anything if I have six fingers. What no, I love, though, just listen to Lewis Riddick's reaction when Reese Davis finishes up. Okay. That's an unusual thing, but Khalil Herbert. <laughs> he said that's an unusual thing. <laughs> yeah. He just pauses. He has no idea how to react to it. That's... <laughs> Unusual thing, but <laughs> I'd love to see his reaction. Just the whole I'm pretty thing. sure what? Todd McShay even was like, how do you even respond to that? And Reese Davis was like, y- you don't. I just thought it was an interesting thing to share. <laughs> like that's, yeah. that's oh, having boy. no notes I, on I, the kid. You oh, know what I mean? God. That's the only thing that you had. I think at one point in the broadcast, they were asking as a general manager, general manager of an NFL team, what superpower would you want to have? That was like one of the things they were talking about. And it was like, wow, you guys are uh, four hours of coverage, man. Definitely like, reaching yeah. for if some- I was the general manager of a team, my superpower would not be related to being a general manager. <laughs> I'd want to fly. 
I think they all like said, that. like, looking into the future. It was like, laser well, eyes. Yeah, duh. <laughs> what a <laughs> laser eyes. <laughs> Just incinerate you. Mortal Kombat. Incinerate yeah. these draft picks if they don't work out. <laughs> you got to wear special glasses all day. <laughs> all right, let's get to uh, some other thoughts. We got multiple ducks drafted. Seahawks had a very, very, very small draft. Just three players taken. We'll get to that next. This is Sports Sunday on The Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. NFL draft chatter here. Into the Oregon, Oregon State kids who were drafted. We'll go in order. Out well, we talked about Penny Sewell. He was the first of the of the local schools drafted. But Javon Holland went 36th overall, fourth round or fourth pick in the second round. First safety off the board to the Dolphins. Remember, he opted out of last season, but mm-hmm. from two years ago. That dude was everywhere on the field, and he's great at the line of scrimmage. So I think they got a really versatile player for from Javon Holland. He's a guy that when I saw him play two years ago, I was like, this guy's going to be special in the NFL. I'm not a scout. I'm not, like, here watching well, Sometimes you can just tell. When I watch games, sometimes a player will really jump out at me, and Holland was, oh, my God, that kind of guy for me two years ago. So You, you can tell how different the team was without him on the field this past year like you can tell defensively they well just, their safety position was yeah with him and breeze both opting out it was a yeah, mess. it was it was it was terrible but more i mean more than brady breeze because i think and breeze shout out to to, to breeze too you know uh, another mm. oregon kid you since know since we from, mentioned him he got drafted yeah, too yes another kid from the great state of oregon man so shout out to where him, did he but, go 215 to the titans that is the sixth round so brady breeze now a tennessee titan there we go very good for brady and uh but, yeah, he and J- Javon Holland really held it down uh, for your secondary for Oregon. So, obviously, them not being there uh, was a big blow. And you just kind of think about how good this team could have been if they had, you know, a couple of their guys just actually be on the field this year. But congratulations to Javon Holland for, you know, making his dream come true, man, going to the Miami Dolphins. What a what a cool city to go to. Like, you know, obviously, like, playing for the Cowboys and stuff like that, that's like, oh, man, that's – but, man, I get to live in Miami? <laughs> and play football for the Dolphins? Get out of here. Let's go. I think I think he's going to be pretty special there. And you have a defensive-minded head coach in Brian Flores who is doing – frankly, I think he's doing something kind of special in Miami. Mm-hmm. It seems like we don't often see the Belichick disciple have success because it's a very specific type of coaching style that most players can't get behind. Right. And Brian Flores went to a team that was dreadful and has now made them a team that's exciting – and they're good defensively, and they've got young, good, good young offensive players. I think we could see the Dolphins really kind of making that step up. So I think it's a great situation for, for Holland to go to for sure. Uh, after that, the, this was the third round. Nation Wright, Oregon State corner went to the Cowboys at 99th overall, third round, 36th pick. That's a compensatory pick in that round. And uh, Joe was talking about this because it's a Cowboy. That Nation Wright, I guess, is a very specific type of corner for Dan Quinn, who I didn't realize was in Dallas. Is he your defensive coordinator now? Yes. So Dan Quinn, formerly Seahawks, formerly Falcons head coach, uh, is now the D.C. in Dallas, likes tall cornerbacks. Brandon Brown or anybody? That was him. Also Oregon State, by the way. Yeah. So he went and got Nation Wright. You want a good corner, though, right? I mean, it's a, that's his style. That of wasn't corner. Brandon Browner, but Shots you're going to get somebody. Well, to Browner was good Browner. for a year or two. Uh, Browner was not, good. Not, not only an Oregon State draft pick for the Cowboys, but a former Oregon high school player out of David Douglas. Yes. Um, Scott. Osa Odigizua. Osa Odigizua. 
Yep. Yes. He got picked uh, number like 75. Go Scots, man. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. What David college Douglas. did he go to? Uh, he went to UCLA. UCLA. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, D-tackle. Also, uh, I saw Talanoa Hufunga, who was also from Oregon. He's from Corvallis, I think. He went to USC. I remember, he got drafted as well. So another kid from Oregon. Where did he end up? Going to the league. Uh, I got to find it. I didn't have that right in front of me because I wasn't going to look for the I just like Pac-12 saying his name. kids. <laughs> Talanoa Ufunga. Yeah, I'll find it. Um, we'll get to it in a second. The next one that was picked for Oregon was Diamond Lenore. He went fifth round. He's going to the Niners. And um, a guy that I don't think fully hit his potential at Oregon. Remember when he was brought in, he was supposed to be like the best corner or one of the two or three best corners in the country. He always was good, but he never really stuck out to me as being like this elite cornerback from watching the Ducks play. But I don't know. I'm not trying to evaluate how they're going to be in the NFL. I'm just I'm, so, I'm purely remembering how they are or how they were in college. And sometimes and sometime it's, it's a tough gamble. Like, you know, you think that, you know, how a guy is going to be in college or excuse me, in the next level because they weren't that good in college. And then what do you know? They're these superstars. Right. You know, it happens quite often in, in a lot of sports. Uh, Hufunga, by the way, also to the Niners in the fifth round, late in the fifth round. So Niners got both Lenore and Teleno Hufunga. Uh, we mentioned Brady Breeze got drafted. Uh, Jamar Jefferson in the seventh round. He was the third to last pick in the in the seventh round going to the Lions, running back from Oregon State. I was a little surprised he almost didn't get drafted just because his numbers were so good with the Beavs. But from everything that I read scouting-wise about him, was that Jamar Jefferson was very average at everything and he was elite at like reading his blocks. And then obviously we saw he had many of the long breakout runs. Once he got into space, he was hard to catch and he was good at reading his blocks, but everything else, apparently he was just very average. So because of that, I think he fell pretty far, but still drafted. What do we call those guys? Gamers? Like, you know, for whatever reason, they're not very good in practice and stuff like that, but then you get them into certain situations in the game and, they can play, so we'll see if that's the case for him as he uh, moves forward. And he's going to end up in Detroit, so they're probably going to throw. Uh, going to run the ball a lot. So hopefully, he's one of those guys who can take some snaps. And then we got a couple undrafted. Well, I have one more duck too. Signees. Uh Thomas Graham Jr. Ah. The sixth round. I forgot about him. He was the last pick of the sixth round. Goes to Daw Bears. All right, go for it. Undrafted players: Austin Fallu, uh, D line for the Ducks. He went to the Cowboys as well. Okay, and then Hunter Campmoyer going to reunite with Justin Herbert in Los Angeles. And then you said uh, I was surprised Hamaker Rashid Jr. didn't get drafted. You said he went to the Jets. That's right, undrafted to the Jets. Yeah, that was a weird one to me. I was looking at the best available list after the draft just to see like which guys plummeted, you know, because they'll have the this is like next best guy and. Hamaker Rashid Jr. was like third on almost all those lists and they all had him at like a uh, fourth or fifth round grade and he just did not get drafted. He did not have as good of a year last year. Uh, He was Pac-12 sack leader two years ago and last year didn't show out quite as much, but I thought he'd get drafted just for the potential of having a good guy on the edge to get sacks for you. And but. just seeing this, no toad Puka Williams out of Kansas going to the Bengals. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there you are. That'll make Rob happy. And well, now Puka was pretty good there from what I remember. And he has no toes on his right, uh, right <laughs> Even foot. Even more God impressive. Sakes. Even more impressive. And then uh, quickly, before we get to hate it or love it, Seahawks only had three picks in the draft, or only made three picks in the draft. Their first one was in the second round. It took Dwayne Eskridge out of Western Michigan. He's a wide receiver. He is apparently like super gadget slot guy. They wanted, I think we're starting to see, and I think the Niners have been a very big push 
they've been pushing this style of player really well is the small receiver that stays behind the line of scrimmage a lot, like Debo Samuel, for example, that can be involved in a ton of plays. And I think that's what they got here because they had DK Metcalf as their deep threat. They have Tyler Lockett, who's a great second receiver. And now they got Eskridge out of Western Michigan, uh, who is going to be that small gadget, everything kind of guy. And I saw a funny joke on Twitter that said, best receiver in the Mac gets drafted. Either he's going to be a pro bowler forever, or he's going to be a bust completely. I guess that's the thing with Mac receivers. So uh, either he's going to be amazing or terrible Seahawks fans. So get ready. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing. Western Michigan, nobody really knows much uh, about this, about this kid. Especially, I mean, isn't I, that you know, where um, uh, PJ Fluck coached Western Michigan? Wasn't that his baby it? for a couple of years before he went to Minnesota? Row the boat. I don't remember. I think it was. Either way, I I can't name another player from Western Michigan's team. You know, well, so of course. So hopefully, uh, this is going to be a big be upgrade honest, for the Seahawks. I couldn't name him before the draft. So yeah. So so I'm on, I'm not going to sit here and act like oh yeah I know anything about this kid. Truthfully, I've just read about him. I've yeah I've I have no clue. So we'll see what how he can complement those other two guys you just mentioned because, you know, we've seen DK really become a a, a threat, a real life threat. You know, in the NFL as receiver. We already knew what Tyler Lockett could do. I just think Russell Wilson needs more weapons. I would have thought they would have, you know, tried to really kind of rebuild his line and make sure that line is strong. Like, they they got better, but still there are some issues there considering how much uh, Russell likes to use his feet. But yeah. hopefully this is a, a, a way for him to get the ball out of his hands quickly and score some points. So we'll it, see. Interestingly enough, it was funny. I was watching it on TV uh, on Friday when the second round was coming, and the Seahawks pick was up. And it had, you know how they show team needs before every pick? The Seahawks team needs were offensive lineman, defensive lineman, tight end, cornerback, and defensive tackle, or defensive end, defensive tackle. And I was like, oh, they need everything, according to the draft experts. Uh, they, did get a they did get a corner, and they did get a tackle late. But it's a very small draft. I don't know. I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see what the Seahawks decide to do from this point. But I kind of like the idea of having Eskridge there. Just another weapon. Just more weapons. Russell Wilson wanted to be traded, right? And he wanted more weapons. The first pick is a weapon. So I think that's probably a good little thought there. All right, let's take a break. Coming up next, it's time for Hate It or Love It. But first, Joe has Sports Center. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. This text came through 503-250-1080. Uh, Elijah Molden also going to the Titans, and they played together in high school. And the text says, I think Coda's there too. So three friends from Oregon on the same NFL team. Pretty That's cool. That's dope. Yeah. That's super dope. Yeah, Elijah Molden did not go to the same school as his dad. He went to Washington instead of Oregon, and now he's also got drafted. So pretty sick. Lots of local kids in the NFL draft this year. Good it's pretty for him. Cool. Absolutely. Shout out Oregon, man. Keep pretty, grinding. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. All right, Joe. What do we got for Hated or Lubit today? Got some NFL stuff, some draft stuff. Finished off with an NBA question. Mm. Isn't it kind of freeing that we haven't talked Blazers today, even though they've won three, three straight games row. by 22 points? Three in a row. I know. <laughs> Far cry from last weekend. Yeah. And it was Rashad and I talking about how terrible things were going after, what, four or five straight losses. Listen, I'm still not off that train. So it no, is it's, it is. Uh, we need to see a little bit more of this, but maybe we'll do it in the last segment if we have time. But that Chris Haynes piece in Yahoo Sports this week 
It was very interesting to me. It was a nothing burger that was a something burger. It was a nothing burger that was 100% Damian Lillard <laughs> telling him what to type. Basically. Or yeah. at least Damian Lillard's agent. So, anyway, go on. All right. Five quarterbacks drafted in the first round? Correct. We had, of course, Trevor Lawrence, number one overall. Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, Justin Fields. But the quarterback I'm going to be asking you about is one, Zach Wilson. By the way, did you see the video of him with the like the other draft picks taking a photo? And they were all like yes. throwing up signs. And Did you just... see that, Rashad? <laughs> I did. And Zach Wilson, like, he looks so scared. So He's nervous. Like, what do I... And, yeah. I don't know what to do with Looking my hands. Around. I don't know. I'm not sure what to do with my hands right now. That's, yeah. That was my tweet for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saw another tweet. It was like, tell me you went to BYU without telling me you went to BYU. <laughs> <laughs> he looked quite uncomfortable, yeah. For sure. Uh, Zach Wilson, though, going to the New York Jets who obviously just got rid of Sam Darnold because things didn't work out there. Hate it or love it. Zach Wilson will have the hardest rookie season out of the first round quarterbacks. Wow. That's a really good question. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say hate it purely because I think it's going to be Trevor Lawrence because he has a first year NFL head coach in urban Meyer. I guess technically the jets have a first year head coach in Robert Sala but I, I, I believe in Robert Sala. That dude is legit. I think he's going to be able to turn the Jets around. So Say I think, a first-year NFL coach in general. Yes, first-year NFL coach in general with Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer's draft strategy was a little bit strange. Um, he took Travis Etienne from Clemson when, uh, with their second pick in the first round of running back when they don't need a running back because they had Denard Robinson last year who was an absolute beast. And the way that he's discussed building a team – seems strange to me. So I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have a bit of a wake-up call going from Clemson into the NFL to Jacksonville. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be a special kind of player, but I think this year is going to be very difficult for him adjusting to the NFL game, adjusting to life with a coach who's a college coach in his first year in the NFL. And also, don't forget, maybe this isn't a thing to worry too much about, but Trevor Lawrence basically said in an interview that he doesn't really have a chip on his shoulder. He doesn't really play with that kind of mentality. I wonder if there's a bit of a nonchalance to the way that he plays the game that might have an effect on him in the NFL. Maybe it's totally something that doesn't matter, but it was something I had a thought of when I read that quote. So I think it's going to be him. He'll have the toughest first season out of the five quarterbacks. Oh, geez. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say it's Trevor Lawrence as well. Um, the, the, the one thing I kind of focus on is I think Urban Meyer went to this draft knowing that he was going to get the best player in the draft, which happened to be a quarterback. But the thing that he didn't really address, at least in my eyes, was the fact that their defense is one of the worst in the NFL this past year. I think they were second in, in like, uh, yards allowed. I think they were second in points allowed. So, you know, Jacksonville has a whole, whole uh, lot. They got Syracuse safety, Andre Sisko. Well, there you go. They got <laughs> Syracuse. Somebody from Syracuse. So that's an upgrade, right, Joe? So here, so that's a good idea for, you know. Uh, First pick in the third round, you jerk. No, I'm saying, yeah. So uh, this is kind of uh, what we can expect from Jacksonville for this next year. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna have some high points because he's gonna have a creative, uh, creative guy like an Urban Meyer. We think Urban Meyer is gonna be able to kind of transition pretty well. The Jets are the Jets, so it's hard to say that they're going to be better. No matter who's in their uh, head coaching chair, whether it's Todd Bowles or someone else, they just don't seem to be very good. And so, I mean, I, I can't remember the last time the Jets 
were legit. Maybe 2008, maybe 2007. I can't remember exactly when that was. They haven't been legit in a long time. <laughs> I oh, like that. God. I like it. I like it very much. How do you feel about yourself, Joe? I give myself a point. You should. That point's going to go for me. But, no, I think he's going to struggle a little bit. There's still the, uh, We know so much about um, Trevor Legit. Lawrence, and we know very little <laughs> about Zach Wilson. And because we know very little about Zach Wilson, we're going to assume that anything he does, even if it's marginally better than Trevor Lawrence, that he's going to, that is going to look better because we're, you, we think Trevor Lawrence is going to come in and light the world on fire. All right. Also, interesting stat. Unless the Jaguars go 17-0 this season, Trevor Lawrence is slated to lose his first regular season game of his life. Yeah. Never lost one in four years of high school or during his three seasons at Clemson. He has lost two in the playoff, right? Yeah. Lost to Bama once and then lost to Ohio State last year. Lost in the playoff. It's going to feel weird to lose in week one then. Because, yeah, I mean, Clemson, they lost to Notre Dame last season, but he wasn't playing in that one. He was in the COVID protocol. So never lost a regular season game in your life. Must be nice. All right. Moving on to our guy, Penny Sewell out of Oregon. He went to the Detroit Lions at number seven. But there was two teams ahead of them that people felt like they should have uh, maybe drafted Penny Sewell instead. You had the Bengals. They took Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow's former teammate at LSU. And then the Dolphins taking Jalen Waddell out of Alabama to uh, Tunga Bailoa's former teammate out of Alabama. But when you got some franchise quarterbacks, you might want to protect them. So hate it or love it. The Bengals and Dolphins screwed themselves by not taking Sewell. Ooh, I would love to say love it. Uh, but the simple fact is the person they did get is somebody Joe Burrow is incredibly familiar with and Jamar Chase. They won a national championship together. Uh, Joe Burrow was a big reason or Jamar Chase was a big reason that Joe Burrow was able to f- shoot up the draft board and end up in the number one overall pick. So uh, just the, the fact that he has and we're not sure what um, what uh, AJ um, AJ Green's situation? Yeah, uh, he's where, gone, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, I think he's gone. Right? Where is he at now? Uh, I think he signed with the Cardinals. So now yep, that he is now Arizona Cardinals. So now that he's gone, you, you, another a, point for me. There's a there's a clear. Uh, need for a number one receiver and whenever you get drafted within the first five picks of the draft you're expected to be number one at whatever position that you're drafted at so I think it was a good thing for him but at the same time you see where the issue was because Joe Burrow went down last year with a knee injury because his offensive line couldn't hand couldn't stop anybody so how do you fix that you go out and get him his best friend or at least a really good offensive lineman I think going out there and getting a receiver was a good idea because you just lost the best one arguably been one of the best ones in the in the league um, so going out, you need well, to not do anymore. something. Well, I mean, he, I said, are you? He's been hurt, but when he's on the field and he's healthy, man, AJ Green has been is many his, years since AJ Green's been good. I mean, but you also play for the Bengals, which is going nowhere. I wouldn't be very excited to play for them either. You know, it's just kind of one of those things. We're crazy if we think guys don't look at the the roster and where you're going to go and say, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm not going to give my full effort right now. So I like the AJ, uh, the Jamar Chase pick. I do think they might have want to go offensive lineman. The Penny Sewell doesn't get any better. But I totally understand why you did. Don't play that music for me. So two days ago, I would have said that this was this was a terrible pick, especially Joe Burrow coming off a serious knee injury. You need an offensive line to protect Joe Burrow. Uh, Dolphins, uh, I, I could see them getting a receiver because they definitely need some more weapons for Tua or whatever quarterback to go with. And then Joey Harrington came on primetime and Sue asked him that question. He said, from a quarterback, would you rather have an elite receiver or an elite offensive lineman drafted? And Joey Harrington said, receiver. He said, you can get five above average offensive linemen 
and have a great line because it's a teamwork thing. Mm -hmm. All five linemen are working together. He said, but if you don't have good receivers, you don't trust your guy to be open, and it makes you second guess where you're going with the ball. He told the story of Charles Rogers, who we, we know didn't really have a great NFL career, you know, injuries and all that kind of stuff. He said, Charles Rogers, in, in his first year when he was there with, in Detroit, his first two games, he caught like four touchdowns, and he was great. Charles Rogers was really good. And Joe Harrington said, I knew wherever I threw, whatever route it was, Charles Rogers was going to be exactly where he needed to be. And he goes, that calms you so much in the pocket. Having a great left tackle is great, but it doesn't calm you because you're not worried about the blitz as much as you're looking down the field for your receiver. So you need that guy who's going to be open constantly and know, or at least that you can trust constantly, not open constantly. You can trust him constantly to be where he's supposed to be. And that changed my mind completely. I was all on the Joe Burrow needs more offensive line help, especially after the injury. I was on board with Tua needing offensive line help. And Joey Harrington said, you can get good offensive linemen that are good enough to work as a unit. You need that receiver that you can trust. And if Joe Burrow didn't have that, and last year, to be honest, he really didn't have that, um, maybe that's going to be all what all the difference in, in the world for him. So I don't remember what the love-hate was, but that's my opinion. Uh, that the Bengals and Dolphins screwed themselves by not taking Hate. Hate, yeah. Hate. And Dolphins. I mean, if you just said one of them screwed themselves, then maybe, but either of them, but yeah. All right. Now, moving on to an already established quarterback in the league, Aaron Rodgers. Of course, the rumor is flying that he wants to be traded or he wants to host Jeopardy for the rest of his life. Either way, hate it or love it, Aaron Rodgers is going to cost at least three first-round picks. Oh, love. I mean, <laughs> he might cost four first-round picks. It's Aaron freaking Rodgers. Cost your <laughs> wife, <man. laughs> Yeah, Yeah, he's going to cost quite a bit. I do think... Part of the reason the Broncos took Patrick Sertan was that if they are going to trade for Rodgers, they don't have to give up three first rounders. They give up the pick they just had and two first rounders or whatever the case may be, because that is a player that would fit Green Bay's defensive system. Uh, and yeah, Aaron Rodgers should go for that much. Dude is an MVP. Dude is the best quarterback or second best quarterback in the league. What do you want? You really think he's going to the Broncos? Yes, you? I do. <laughs> I do. I think he is. I think Denver's going to be uh, his new home and I'm going to be very happy. But um, he's the best, second best quarterback in the league behind Patrick Mahomes. He's last year's MVP. You give up literally whatever the Packers ask for to get Aaron Rodgers. I don't care that he's old. He's not. He's not showing the signs of age like we've seen from other quarterbacks yet. That means you've got at least a couple years until that starts to happen, unless a, a serious injury occurs. You don't. It's not every day you get a chance at a guy like this. Swing, swinge, take the swinge, do it, trade everything. Aaron uh, Rodgers and nobody else in the team. Go. I, I I absolutely love it as well. And honestly, I think three first-round picks isn't probably enough for, for somebody like Aaron Rodgers. You're going to throw in your wife, a mistress, or something like that because he's he's really, honestly, he's that good. I mean, there's only so many guys in the league. Take my wife. Seriously. And I'm sure there's most a lot of GMs that wouldn't mind. Here, you can have her. You know, but <laughs> but Aaron Rodgers is one of those guys. I keep can, the mistress, though. He can instantly change your franchise. He can change the way everything looks for you. And then you look at, you Wouldn't know, it be more upsetting to lose the mistress and keep the wife? If yeah, you were one of those people. Exactly. Yeah, that's no, why you can get to tons of mistresses, wife. though. <laughs> like, you don't just have one mistress. More than more likely, they have three or four. So you can have the 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 one B mistress, too. All right. You know, it's like that. But, I mean, uh, you look at what the market was uh, for somebody like Matthew Stafford. And obviously, I think it was, was it two first and, uh, and a third? Is that what it was for Matt Stafford? And I'd then have you to get look. A, get a quarterback. So, well, Goff. 
Yeah, for, for yeah for golf, you gave golf, and then it was two first rounders, or I think so. Yeah. yeah. So so obviously Aaron Rodgers is much better than Jared Goff. He's much better than Matt Stafford. So he's going to uh, warrant um, a whole whole lot more than that. I think there's a lot of teams that are going to give up whatever they like Lynch said, whatever you want to be able to bring in a guy like Aaron Rodgers. But honestly, if they don't trade him this year, I I I believe it's threat. He's played here's somebody who's played for what 15 years now. So he's got tons of NFL experience. He's got tons of money. He's got State Farm money. He's probably, there's a good chance he's probably the host of Jeopardy. Like, he's not like other NFL players that are trying to figure out what they're doing after football. Was I over. would not be surprised if he retired. No, he I wouldn't be. I would be and, yeah. Aaron, and Aaron Rodgers is just douchey enough to say, well, screw you guys. I don't want to play. I'm going to retire and call it a day and maybe go host Jeopardy or some other show if he doesn't get there. I think LeVar Burton should host Jeopardy, but that's just me. But I do think that the price tag for Aaron Rodgers is going to be steep, and I think three picks probably isn't even enough. All right. This tweet says, those 14 minutes when we thought Aaron Rodgers might come to Denver was the high point of Broncos football in the last five years. <laughs> <laughs> How long ago was the Super Bowl win? 2013? Uh, yeah. Uh, 2014? 15? Almost 10 years ago? It's now you're just naming years, Joe. Let's see. Broncos. Well, 13 was uh, the Seahawks. 14 was the Patriots. So it was 2015. It was Super Bowl 50. Wow. It was technically 2016, but the, the year was 2015 for the season. Yep. Gotcha. Yep, yep, yep. Moving on to the last one, NBA-related. We'll get through this real quick, but LeBron James made his return to the Lakers and also said that I'll never be 100% again in my career. So the excuse is possibly already starting for a Lakers early exit. Hate it or love it. Lakers won't even get past the first round. Hate it. Um, they're the Lakers. In the first round, they're probably going to have to play a combination of either the Blazers, the Grizzlies, um, maybe the Spurs or some Whomever ends up in that eighth or excuse me, their fifth seed. So what? Sixth seed? Who's their sixth seed? They're currently the sixth seed. They're currently the sixth seed. So third seed. So that means you're playing the, uh, the Clippers. We already know that the Clippers, honestly, they just have a tough time matching up against the Lakers. For whatever reason, call it Anthony Davis, call it they can't guard LeBron on the perimeter, but whatever. But LeBron's absolutely right. He's a dude who's 35 years old. No, with all the nicks and bumps and bruises, he's never going to be 100% again. LeBron also plays into the deep parts of June, and well, when there's when the playoffs are in the right place, in deep parts of June, now probably even later into the year. So no, he, he's absolutely right. And at this point, if you're a veteran that's been in the league for 10, 12 years, you're Steph Curry, you're, you're Damian Lillard, you're always playing with some type of bump or bruise or something. You're playing through a lot of stuff at this point. So he's 100% correct. Nobody at this point in the season is is 100%. And LeBron will probably, he's right, probably never, ever be 100% with, this, with as big as he is and strong as he is and the weight his body is built. He's never going to be just totally 100%. So not a first-round exit, though. Not a first-round exit. Yeah. Especially if they're playing against the Clippers. First round, Clippers third, three-seed right, right yeah, now, right? Yeah. yeah, they're playing against the Clippers. They well, actually, the, Clippers the Nuggets are the three-seed right now. Nuggets are, oh, then they sweep the Nuggets without Jamal Murray. Um, this is... I didn't realize just how far the Lakers fell without Davis and LeBron. And they LeBron came back and they lost to the Kings, by the way, which I thought was kind of funny because both he and Davis played that game. So Lakers are 36-27. and 27. They are the sixth-seed. They are nine and a half games back of first. The Mavericks are 36 and 27. They are the five seed. The Blazers are 35 and 28. They are the seven seed. They're only one game back of the Lakers and Mavericks. And then there's a three game gap to the Grizzlies. And they are six games back of the four seed. It's I think it's way too late in the season to make that up. Now you have what, like 13 games That's left. So you would need some sort of colossal so uh, collapse from a team in the Western Conference. 
Um, it's going to be interesting to see the Lakers playing as a six or a five seed in the first round of the uh, NBA playoffs, right? But I have zero fear. I mean, I don't care about the Lakers. I'd rather they lose, but I have zero fear of them losing that first round series. I know that the team is not an amazing team, but you get into the playoffs with LeBron and Anthony Davis healthy, they're going to win the first round just fine. Absolutely. So hate that 100%. And it sucks if you're one of the, the higher-seeded teams in your first-round matchups, the Lakers. You're <laughs> like, are you kidding yeah, how me? How does this work? You're, if, you're, if you're the Nuggets or the Suns or whatever, if you're the Suns, right, and let's just say the Suns like lose a couple games and fall down to the three seed, and you just had the best year in, in forever, and you get gifted with your first-round first matchup is yeah. the Lakers. Because it's going to be what? a first-round exit, and that's what? the cold part. You know, so, so no. I'd be so mad. All right, well, I made a valiant effort with two points myself. Yeah. But Mike is your winner today. Uh, it happens. Should we go to break or just keep talking? Or? <laughs> <laughs> I, I shifted some things around, so we we got a quick break. Okay. Okay. Well, let's take the quick break then, and uh, I'll host a segment of nothing because we don't have any time left. I'm back, and we go long. I imagine you guys were on time last week, right? We were. Yeah. Probably not. Sorry. We were, though. <laughs> All right. We'll be back. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Well, it's 10.55. I know that means normally we have to break. And hit the music. Is the, is the close music coming here in seconds here, Joe? Is that, is that what's happening? I mean, this is basically the close music. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for us today. <laughs> I was going to throw a little Blazer Celtics because they're playing today. Remember, the Celtics won by one point last time a couple weeks ago. Blazers have won three straight point. games by 21, 21, and what was it, 19? So all of a sudden, they decided to play well. So that's are, cool, I are guess. Are you impressed? I'm excited that they're playing better, but I'm I'm holding my breath to see if it keeps this, going. This is what we do as the Blazers. They have End a very season, difficult schedule the rest of the way. End of the season, they win. They rattle off six straight or something like that. And hey, get you excited up, just to get punched in the face in the first round. So, the, the Pacers-Grizzlies wins were the biggest back-to-back road wins since the 2000 season. Wow. That's tight. That's so, pretty good. So, Western you know Conference Finals, then. here they come. <laughs> Only to get, uh, to get a terrible... Loss in Game Seven. Oh. With Shaquille O'Neal with his hands up. Sorry, that was a bad. Don't wow. don't remind us. Sorry, sorry. You know, well, you said two thousand. So I mean, what's I, the first? I brought you know? that up multiple times over the last few days, and that's always how that conversation ends. Well, and then a seventeen-point blown. What lead. is the what is the what is the memory from two thousand? Oh. It's that Tim Donaghy, referee in that game. Good point. Oh, was he? Just saying. Mm, interesting. All right, we'll be back next week, 9 to 11. Looks like it's going to be a beautiful, beautiful day. Enjoy it, and we'll see you then.